What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Chris Clem, coming at you live from A1HQ, a.k.a. my basement, a.k.a. my office. You know, and this is just another episode of Clem's Corner, man. I had to bring it to you, but this time, it's after dark. So there's no rules. I mean, there weren't any rules before, but just gotta imply that there's no rules. All right? So tonight, you know, Clem's Corner, we're going to be talking about two things. The Jets, how terrible they are, and my new favorite TV show, Cobra Kai. Uh, I fucking love that show. But we'll first, we'll start with the Jets. And before we get into anything, make sure you follow the A1 Sports Network on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Make sure you check them out. Check us out. And make sure you check out our podcast that we have going on at Top Hair Podcast. Best hockey podcast out there. Go, everyone, give them a listen to and listen to the Moffat on the Mic show that I'm the producer of. Me and Craig, we tons of tons of good interviews we've done in the past. And again, another great show that we have here on the network. Go subscribe. We can find you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere where there's a podcast you can find it. And you can also subscribe to this podcast, Clem's Corner. We are live right now on Instagram. So if you have any questions, you know, you want to talk to talk to me about anything. I don't care what it is. Food, movies, TV, sports, money, I don't care. Politics, actually no politics. We're not talking politics. But you want to talk to me about anything, feel free to leave it on the Instagram comments. We're not on YouTube tonight, but just Instagram because it's Clem's Corner After Dark. All right. So, you know, the past couple of days, me and Craig, you know, you, we usually do Moff on the Mic every every other day. You know, we try to start it on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but, you know, we were both uh, busy, so we haven't, done, we haven't done an episode yet. We're doing one uh, Wednesday, tomorrow. So we're going to be talking about this. I'm just going to state my facts now, and you can listen to it again tomorrow on Moff on the Mic. This Jets team is absolutely dog shit. Like, absolute dog shit. Like, I've never... I've never seen a, a Jets team this bad before in my life. This is so bad. Like, and for those that do listen to Moffat on the mic, you all know that myself and Craig are huge—not huge, but we support Adam Gase. You know, we backed him with everything. You know, we weren't—we weren't ready to throw him under the bus. We weren't ready to fire him. But after this game on Sunday against the 49ers, I—I—I—I I, I want Gase out of here. I want him out of here. I want Gase out. I want Greg Williams out. Everyone's got to go. Except for Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas and Stadium. I'm still buying to, into what he's selling. But, you know, it was just a terrible game all around. Another one. These are two games. I mean, there's no excuses this time. Look, okay, we'll start with the defense. Okay? You know, you everyone wanted to make excuses for for Greg Williams last week. Oh, the offense could stay on the field, give the defense time to rest. All right. All right, we'll give it. We'll give you that. Plus, Greg Williams made adjustments at halftime. We're like, okay, you know, they only scored. The Bills only scored six points in the second half, so Greg Williams made his adjustments. This was no excuse. This was absolutely no excuse to why they put why this 49ers offense put up 31 points. I mean, right from the get go, a toss play going 80 yards against this defense. This defense isn't awful. There's a lot worse defenses in the NFL. You get. 80 yards on the first play from a toss play? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be fucking kidding me. That's awful. That's awful. This de- And let's not the boot. Jimmy Garoppolo's injured. 
Mozart got injured. George Kittle got injured. Devo Samuel injured. And Brandon Ayuk injured. All five of their main guys that they needed on that offense were all injured. And this defense could not stop them. That's a piss poor excuse as to why this is, there's no excuse for it. There really is no excuse. Will Grimm's supposed to be this great coach, and we saw him work miracles last year. Work miracles. Turn guys like Blake Cashman, Kyle Phillips, Fadu Kasi, James Burgess, Arthur Millette, Bless Austin, all these guys into top, not top-notch studs, but guys you'd be like, you know what? I have confidence in this guy. I have a lot of confidence. But this year, it's dog shit. It's absolute dog shit. The only players that have been showing up to play have been Marcus May and kind of bless Austin a little bit. And a little bit of pool. Not much, though. Those are the only three guys. That's it. No one else is here. And Greg Williams supposed to be this great defensive-minded coach. We couldn't stop the toss play for shit on Sunday. This It was so bad. I can't, you can't, again, you can't play the offense for staying on the field for too short. They actually, look, they put together drives. They just couldn't finish. They put together some drives. But this was no excuse for this, de- this defense. I mean, again, Garoppolo goes down. Kittle was out before the game. Debo Samuel was out before the game. Ayuk was out before the game. Mostert got injured. It's your five top offensive weapons right there, and, the, and you couldn't stop them after that? you got to be freaking kidding me. That's freaking terrible. That's on Greg Williams. I know it's like, oh, but it's Adam Gase, you know. Yeah, it's it, it goes on Adam Gase, but that that's Greg Williams. That's on Greg Williams on that on that defensive side. Why they put up thirty one points? You gotta be freaking kidding me! Come on, be better than that, Greg Williams. You are better than that. And let's go to the offensive side again. I mean, it's like I like Sam. I like him a lot, but again, it's year three. He should not be making some of these throws. I mean, but in, but then there are times where I'm like, I looked back at some of the tape. I'm like, some of these throws were really hard. Like he made like the touchdown pass to Barrios. That's what you know. A good quarter. Those are the kind of passes a good quarterback makes, and he makes good passes every now and again. But this is year three. He should not be making these mistakes. And maybe it's the maybe it's Gase and Loggins coaching coaching him. I, I I don't know, man. I don't know how to feel on Sam anymore. I really don't. And again, we talk about the offense that was beat up. The defense was beat up left and right for the 49ers. You lost, you, Richard Sherman was out before the game. You lost Nick Bosa. And you lost Solomon Thomas. Those are the three best defenders on that 49ers defense. And you lost all three of them. Again, no excuses. Look, I get you're not playing with Denzel Mims. And I get you're not playing with uh, Le'Veon Bell. All right, but guys got to step up. You know, you signed Frank Gore to be this capable running back because in case, God forbid, Bell goes down, but you were going to use him a lot in this offense, and he's not that good. He touched the First of all, he had like 20-plus touches. We never gave Le'Veon anywhere near 20-plus 20, 20 touches in a game, which is a disgrace. We should be giving the Le'Veon the Bell 20, 20 times a game. But that's besides the fact. And he got 61 yards. This offensive line is not bad. You know, again, this is the second game going against li- uh, going against live teams. You know, usually if you have a preseason, you get a couple scrimmages in, and you have four preseason games to finally, you know, mesh it all together. But they're doing a good job. Mackay Beckton looks fucking solid. Everyone looks pretty good on the offensive line. But again, you know, 
wide receivers, there's running backs, so we'll depleted in running backs. But Sam, but this has got to be Sam. You know, a good quarterback makes better plays, and he was not making these plays, and it was just not good. And you know, the question is coming into this offseason, season. You know, do everyone wants to fire Gase? You know, and I'm I'm for firing Gase, but you know, Gase has. Gase has no, no ties to. No ties. To, first of all, Gase has no ties to Darnold because he didn't draft him, and God forbid, you know, we do bring in another coach, whoever it is, whoever it may be, whether it be Bianami, whether it be Arthur Smith, or whoever it is. You know, they want they wouldn't want to bring in their 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 own quarterback, and you know, if it's if the season turns out the way it is, the Jets might have the number one overall pick, and it might be it might be Sam Darnold. It really might. I mean, excuse me. It might be Trevor Lawrence, man. It might be Trevor Lawrence, and I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't. I like Sam, but you know, whatever is best for the team, it's got to happen. Again, if you want to talk sports with me, if you want to ask me any questions, I'll be happily to answer them. Just leave them down in the comments, and I'll I will, I will absolutely get to them as soon as I can. But uh, to go to go back off of uh, what's up with the Jets. Look, I'm ready. I'm. I bought into what Gate, what Douglas was doing this offseason. I did. The first thing you you had to address was the was the offensive line problem. You knew that was going to be a problem from the get go, because you knew you had a good running back in Le'Veon Bell, and you knew you had a, a young quarterback in Sam, and you, he needed protection at all costs. And you did that. You went out and bought the O line. Nice. You did that, and the offensive line's looking good. It's looking absolutely good. I like it. We're seeing huge blocks from Beckton. Fant and uh, Van Roten are looking oh, okay. Well, Van Roten's a little bit iffy, but you know Alex Lewis is is doing all right. So I mean, but again, it, this this offensive line is definitely an improvement from what we had last year. But the wide receiver core, I mean, it's really. I uh, look, I you, everyone, if you listen again, you listen to the Moffat on the Mike podcast, you heard you've heard my stance on uh, Robbie Anderson. He was a. Uh, he was a one-dimensional uh, wide receiver who can just really go for the long ball. And that was it. I mean, yeah, you saw him, him and Sam develop, uh, show some chemistry at times. But with with Robbie's last year here in New York, he was so inconsistent. It's like this guy was on the team for four years at that point. We want this guy to, you know, be able to take the next step and be the number one guy we can rely on. But he wasn't doing that. You know, he would have oh a hundred yard game here. But then the next three games, he would he would have a total of thirty yards combined, and between three games, it's like you, you, he can't do that. It's inconsistent. But then you bring in a guy like Perryman, uh, Bashard Perryman, and all you hear is oh the speed, 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 speed. You know, and he had a, I think he played eight games last year, and he had five hundred yards with Tampa Bay, and we were like, okay, I understood that. Like it makes sense. You got him on a cheaper deal than what what with what what you got with Anderson. But the thing is with Perryman is that you knew he was injury prone coming into this so it would have been you know if he plays the whole season it's a it's a good it's a good risk but you know if he doesn't and he gets injured you're facing you know him him missing some games and you know you really you really don't want to do that and now he's injured he's been banged up is uh i don't know what the injury is all the time i had but he's banged up and again that hurts sam that hurts sam because now you're taking away some more weapons for him uh denzel mims another guy you know this was a guy we, we drafted high in the second round, well, not drafted high in the second round. We we traded back, and we're, he was able to fall to us still in the second round. But again, 
Inju- injuries, man. Injuries are killing us, and it's really not helping. J- even Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder's been our safety blanket, Sam's safety blanket for the past year and a half now, and he's been injured. And it's not helping us, man. We should have done... Look, I bought into what Douglas did, and I understood everything he did. And, I le- and this is I loved it about Douglas. He's not going to let anyone strong-arm him. He's not going to let the players bully him around to get money and whatnot, and I love that about Douglas. And that's why Adams left, and I, un- I, can- I loved it. But you knew, Sam, you knew Sam needed weapons. And that was a problem we had in the offseason when we knew we were going to lose Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder was really the only one coming back next year who we can, okay, rely on. So you go out and get Rashad Perryman. You draft Denzel Mims in the second round. And, you know, they showed some, showed some signs of injury during camp. So what do you do? You go out and sign uh, Chris Hogan. I think like, I don't I don't remember what the free agency market was looking like for wide receivers this year, but I mean there were some guys out there the Jets could have signed and they 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 didn't. And I still look I like Makai Becton I love Makai Becton he's he's doing great, but I still think at the eleventh overall pick we should have went C.D. Lamb, or Jer or Jerry Judy. I really think so, you know because at least then you can have something that. I, look, I don't know. I don't get paid the big bucks like Joe Douglas does, and if I did, I'd be in his seat. But Makai Becton was the safe pick this year. You know, you could have, you probably could have gotten someone. I, I got to look back at what uh, what happened in the second round and what we could and who we could have got. But you know, I would, I personally, I would have went with Ceedee Lamb in the first round. I really would have, because you know, Sam, again, Sam needs the help, and I'm not saying he's. CD Lamb's doing fantastic over in Dallas right now, but from what I've seen, he's been doing good. He's healthy, and it's kind of it's kind of hard to you know be a stud over there when you have two already stud wide receivers in front of you and Amari Cooper and uh, Michael Gallup, and with Zeke in the backfield. So it's kind of hard for him to you know shine in an offense. You know, CD CD Lamb could have came to the Jets, could have been drafted by the Jets, and he would have been instant star. That's how. Not that he would have been, then. not that, you know, his talent is, you know, like of Julio Jones, but it's just that, you know, Jets need help, and he would have definitely provided it. Uh, going to the defensive side, too. Another another big hole we had this offseason was pass rusher, and we didn't do anything to address it. Yeah, we drafted Zabari, uh, Zabari Zaniga, Jabari Zaniga, but what's he done? I haven't heard anything from him yet. I don't know if he's injured or what it is, but... You know, you knew you were you knew you had Jordan Jenkins coming back coming off another solid season. And yeah, you had Jordan Jenkins come back off another solid season. And you were like, Okay, we need someone opposite him so we can at least, you know, do it. And there were guys out there again, you know, I'm not look, I'm not saying that, you know, signing Jadavian Clowney, Everson Griffith, or trading for a Nujoku would have been the difference maker in this defense. But it's doing something that you know, we would have done. And it's like you, you're bringing in a talented player that we like. Okay, you know, bring him on on a one-year deal, and we could see. Let's see what he does. But we didn't do that. Okay, and I get why Douglas do it, and I like him for doing it. But it's just showing now. The Jets got no get no pass rush in e- either of these two games. Either of these two games, absolutely zero pass rush, and it hurts because then it gives guys. Like Josh, I gave Josh Allen plenty of time in that pocket to, to get to uh, to throw the ball in the in week one. I mean, yeah, Garoppolo went down, but still he was he would get they were 
there was no pass rush there to get to him. And Nick Mullins was doing all right in the second half. This defense is not that good. And, you know, we kind of we were kind of hoping, yeah, after Henry Anderson's first season with us, he, he did good. I was like, oh, give this man all the money he wants. He deserves it. And we gave him all the money he wanted. But he sucks now. And Jordan Jenkins is our only pass rusher. Yeah, Quinn Williams has been performing better, which is good. It's a good sign. But, again, he's not a pass rusher. He's a D-tackle. He's a D-tackle. I still think we should have won Josh Allen last year. But, no, we didn't. But, again, this it really, I'm ready to, not, not, I'll never jump ship from the Jets. I'll never stop watching the Jets. But, again, you li- you've listened to, if you listen to the Moth on the Mic show, you know my stance on Gase. And it was, it was I, I want to see this guy through and through, see what he can actually do this year. And, but after this game on Sunday, I want him gone. I want him gone. And if we have the first overall pick. I'll see you later, Sam, because I'll take Trevor. I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence. I can't, just can't, man. It's it's really tough watching some of these throws that he's making, and it's you're year three in the league. You know, weapons are not. You should not be making some of these throws, and it's just not. It's just not good. It really isn't. And again, and again, you can't. You can blame Gase, but you got to blame all the all the coaches here on this one. It's Greg Williams, Dowell Loggins, everyone. And I mean, it's coming out now that in practices, Avery Williamson and Bradley McDougal have both come out and said that the Jets don't practice to win. So what the hell is going on in practice? First of all, you should be practicing to win every game, whether you stink or not. You practice to win. What is this bullshit? It's, it's, that's fucking nonsense. I have never heard something like that in my life. I played sports for 18 years of my life. I never went out in one practice expecting uh, practice not trying to win the ge- the upcoming game that we had or the upcoming wrestling match that I was doing. I've never heard of that shit in my life. So what the fuck is going on behind those scenes? And if that's the case that they're not trying to win, that's on the head coach. That's on the head coach. you got to put a winning culture in there. And there are guys like Bradley McDougal who just came from the Seahawks. It's a winning culture there. He knows what it's like to win. And if he's saying something, that's I, I would listen. He comes from winning culture. Culture, and look at you know Chris Hogan again. Yeah, he wasn't the best player on the Patriots, but again, winning culture. He knows what it's like to win, and that's a, one of the, probably one of the reasons why he brought, he brought in Chris Hogan. But again, like if this shit's going on behind the scenes, we got to get rid of fucking Gase, man. I think he he let he. Uh, I think if we don't see an improvement in this Jets team by, like, the next couple weeks, he's got to go and, you know, have Greg Williams take over as the interim head coach and just run with it like that, man. And in the offseason, you hire Eric Bieniemy, you hire Arthur Smith, some uh, Kellen Moore, whoever it is available at the time. It's probably going to be Eric Bieniemy. I wouldn't. I would love Eric Bieniemy as the next head coach. But, you know, that's a, that's a whole different topic for a different day. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my spiel on the Jets. Um, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, man. Whoo, boy. What? This is probably my newest, that's my favorite, probably my favorite show right now. You know, uh, I love Game of Thrones season eight ripped my heart out and I, I can't, I can't say it's my favorite. It was my favorite show. You know, uh, I've always loved Entourage. Entourage was always a great uh, favorite show of mine. Office, love, Parks and Rec, love. 
But, you know, I'm watching Cobra Kai, and I'm just like, I, fe- I fell in love with it from the first episode. You know, when it first came out on YouTube, I watched I watched it the, the day it dropped. I watched I watched the first episode, the first two episodes, because I think, like, the first two episodes were uh, free. So I watched them, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking amazing. I love this show. But then I, like, you had to buy YouTube Red to, or YouTube TV, whatever it was, to watch the rest of the episodes. I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't want to do that, unfortunately. So I was like... Uh, I guess I'll see you, Cobra Kai. They came out on Netflix. Binge watched the entire show in 24 hours. It was it was that fucking good. Like I've never, like the only other show I've done it that quickly with was Entourage, and I managed to do Entourage. I think it's like eight seasons in a week. Did a week of Entourage. It again, Cobra Kai is just from like. I never watched the Karate Kid movies, but I always knew what happened just from, like, you know, other TV shows I've watched or YouTube clips or shit that happened. I know, I like, I knew how it happened, so when I watched it, I'm like, when I'm watching Cobra Kai, I'm like, this is fucking really, really good. Like, I, I love it, man. Like, I just, like, I'm literally at a loss of words. I just, like, how good the show is from the start to the beginning everything about it it's like you know you're seeing you know usually in tv shows and movies you know the good guy you know who the good guys are and everything like that but you know this already has a backstory that cobra kai they're the bad guys johnny lawrence william zaka you know he was the evil guy in the first karate movie and the first karate kid and you know he's coming back trying to redeem his life a little bit but you know this the rivalry with Ralph Macchio, Daniel LaRusso is still going on into their 50s. And, you know, the storyline between, you know, Daniel, he's a big successful uh, successful car salesman. And, you know, he still carries the, you know, the Mr. Miyagi's tradition and his ways and everything like that. And meanwhile, you know, you see Johnny Lawrence with Cobra Kai, you know, that's all he was. You know, he was Cobra Kai. That's all he knows. He knows karate. And everything like that. And he wants to bring it back. But in his way. You know. He doesn't want to be like his sensei John Kreese. And you see that. And you're rooting for you're rooting for him too. Especially you know. When he brings in Miguel as his first student. And makes him his protege. And like Miguel really brings life back into Johnny Lawrence. Because you know. As you find out later. That you know. He has a son. He's a dead. Johnny's a deadbeat dad. And you know. He wants to do right. But his son wants nothing to do with him. So he's trying. He's taking Miguel under his wing as his own. And trying to teach him the Cobra Kai way. But not the John Kreese Cobra Kai way. The Johnny Lawrence Cobra Kai way. You know trying to trying to turn a new leaf. And everything about that. And then you know. It just again. It, like, and then the. the you know they bring it. He fights the guys. The rich kids in the like third episode or whatever it was. And he, then, then Cobra Kai gets a full studio. Then we get introduced to uh, Hawk. I love Hawk. Hawk's the man, but he's he's. Uh, I'll get into it in a couple minutes, but he's going down the wrong path. But Hawk's the fucking man. I love that transformation. That was great. Uh, Miguel dating Sam was awesome, but I mean, Sam's kind of uh, an ass a little bit, I guess you can say. I mean, look, I get your dad doesn't like Cobra Kai, and you know he was like all the Cobra Kai dudes are assholes, but. You know, you got to stand up to your dad a little bit, you know, and just be like, Dad, I'm dating a Cobra Kai kid. He's not that bad. I want you to meet him. But, you know, Sam's like afraid of her dad for some reason, like, and didn't say anything. 
And Miguel's pissed, obviously. Miguel's pissed. And I would be, too. I would be, too. I'm like, I would want to meet your dad, you know? The, I would want to meet, or, or like, anything like that. But, you know, she's afraid. And I get why she's afraid, but she should just grew some huevos and just been like, Dad, I'm dating a Cobra Kai guy, and, you know, he's not that bad. I want you. To, I wanted you to get to know him. And sh- sh- it could, I mean, the show could have been ended right there. I mean, that could have been the show, <laughs> for all we know. But obviously not, you know. And then Miguel gets jealous when she starts hanging around Robbie. And Robbie, I like Robbie, too. Because, you know, again, you feel bad for Robbie, you know, because he grew up without Johnny. You know, he grew up without Daddy. He's a rough kid. But then you see him trying to start turn his life around by joining, by getting hired by uh, by Daniel Russo. And you want to see him do the right thing, and then he gets into the karate with him. And like uh, Johnny and Miguel, Daniel takes Robbie under his wing as his own student. You know, and then it was just going, it, it's going from there. And you know, Cobra Kai is looking at these total badasses for just you know kicking ass and taking names and. It's it's fuck it's fucking great, and then you know, the All Valley comes around, and Miguel wins. Obviously, spoilers. Well, it's a little late for spoilers, but but yeah, Miguel wins the All Valley, and like almost in the kind of same way that like Johnny tr- almost ha- won back in uh, the first Karate Kid, just with you know without the losing part. But again, it almost mirrored, like, what happened. You know, Daniel got hurt in the Karate Kid. Robbie gets hurt here with him from someone from Cobra Kai. Then it's Cobra Kai's top student versus Miyagi-Do in the finals, just like it was Miguel and Johnny, uh, Robbie. Only thing is, Cobra Kai wins, and you're like, all right. You, like, you're rooting for, like, but the Cobra Kai's not the bad guys in this situation. You know, there's really no bad guys here because, like, Miyagi-Do is not bad guys, obviously, and you know you you like Cobra you like Cobra Kai because Miguel is awesome, and you you want you want to see Johnny Lawrence succeed, you know, and not be the dick he was in the past, and he's not John Kreese. You know, Hawk's a little different. You know, he's uh he's normal now, but he gets a little bad, obviously. But again, you, you like there's no bad guys here, so you're you're happy that he wins. You're not happy in the way he won because they both a little cheated a little bit, but. You know, it was, you're like, oh, right, he went. And then end of season one, who comes back? John Kreese. Holy shit, I didn't see that coming. I absolutely did not see that coming. You know, now John Kreese, you know, he's back. He, he's like, he's, he's fighting. He fought Johnny in the first episode, which was a great fight. And again, these, you know, you're thinking that, you know, and now you're seeing the, you know, Miyagi-Do starting to, you know, put get put together with all these, not all these kids yet, but Robbie and Sam, you know, and they have a great connection together. You can feel it. They're trying to, they're trying to get something going. And again, you're feeling for Miyagi Do now because it's like you know they're trying to do the right thing as well. You know, he because you want to see you. Daniel Lewis was trying to do the same thing that Mr. Miyagi taught him back in the day with these kids, you know. But again, it's like there's no bad, there's no bad people, there's no villain in this. Show. I mean, yeah, you could say it's Crease. Crease is the bad guy. But Johnny's not the bad guy. Miguel's not the bad guy, and neither is Robbie, Sam, or or Daniel Russo. No one's the bad guy here, which is great. But you know, the more you know, John is John Kreese is you know becoming this another like the second sensei of Cobra Kai in season two. The more you see the kids are you know 
going with his ways and it's like the way he ran it back in the first Karate Kid, which was not good, and that's not what Johnny Lawrence wanted either. So it kind of it's like, mm, we don't want to see that happening. Um, Tori, she's I love Tori. She's great. Um, you know, there's a lot of rumors of been scoping the internet out a lot on like oh who's Tori whatever and you know generally we don't know who Tori is you know she could just be someone random a lot of people were saying she was uh Allie's daughter or she's uh Terry Silver's uh niece or something like that but it, I generally we no one knows who she is yet you know we know she, we know she's Tori Nichols for those that didn't catch that in uh when they were doing the push-ups and everything after uh, Hawk trashed Miyagi-Do, which was dick move, by the way. Um, but yeah, we now, her name is Tori Nichols, so we don't know who Tori is yet. I mean, we'll, we'll probably fi- find out eventually, but, you know, I think Tori's a badass character. You know, again, you feel for her, too, because you heard her backstory that, you know, her de- her uh, mom's single parent, you know, just struggling, struggling with her and her brother and... Again, you feel bad. You feel bad for the, the this kid because it's like, oh, and then you like, and then her and Sam, and then her and Miguel start getting together. It's like, ah, good. This is awesome. And you can obviously, obviously tell that it's leading up to a uh, Miguel, Miguel and uh, Miguel and Tori versus Robbie and Sam. Obviously, and they're together. Obviously, you know Robbie and Sam are together too, and Miyagi Do is getting more students now and it's 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 go, it's all accumulating you know and you know they have the party at the at uh moon's house which by the way side note i think this is an underrated thing Les, like bisexual didn't see that coming um but yeah it was you know it all started off at the at the party where it's like oh when sam was like oh I, you didn't tell me cobra kai was gonna be here like what? Like come on! Like it's a like. Every, she first of all, Moon's trying to be friends with everyone, which is great. She's trying to be the peacemaker, so she can invite whoever the fuck she wants. But it's like, come on! And then it's like the epic stare down. I'm like, ooh, shit's about to pop off. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention back in season one. You know when. It was the episode when Johnny was uh, got the new got the challenger from Daniel Russo, and you like, you see them bonding with each other. It's like, oh, you like Ario Speedwagon? You know cars? Let's get we're drunk together and try to do the Rocky uh, Rocky Three scene when Apollo Creed and Rocky fight each other at the end. It's like yo, these guys like don't want to have beef anymore. But it's like again, but what fucked that up was it's like, what's Robbie doing here? And it's like. Phew, Everything exploded. It feels like every time, like you feel like they're on the on the track to like you know putting shit behind them, and you know it being peaceful, whatever. Every something just gets blown up, you know. And then again, the party happens, and you know there's a lot of heated tensions, or whatever. And obviously, you know, uh, Tori sees Sam kiss Miguel, which is not cool. And then eight, probably one of the most epic fight scenes I've ever seen in TV TV history it was an incredible fight scene I keep watching it over and over again it was just that good you know and every and everyone got involved too both everyone from uh, like the main like the main characters but like the main people from each dojo 
fought them. It was it was incredible. I thought it was a little whack that uh Hawk got beat up by Dimitri. But I guess, you know, you had to you had to give some offense to Dimitri because what are you what are you gonna do? He's just gonna get beat up by Hawk again. But it's whatever. And again, epic fight scene ending with you know, Miguel unfortunately, you know, serious injury to the spine and neck. And Again, you feel you feel terrible because again, like again, you don't you you don't you can't choose a side in this in this show because you feel for Cobra Kai the Cobra Kai kids and then you feel for the Miyagi Do kids. It's like oh, like who is when you watch the Karate Kid movie, it's like oh, you usually go with Daniel Russo, Mr. Miyagi, and Miyagi Do, but here it's like. Am I a bad person for rooting for Cobra Kai? No, you're not. But yeah, you feel bad. You feel bad for Miguel. Hawk's an asshole now, but I mean, I love Hawk. He's a great character. And again, okay, just an overall, just a fucking good show. I recommend ten out of ten. Recommend to anyone to watch. Watch Cobra Kai on Netflix. I watch it. Free ads. Free ads for Cobra Kai across the board. Uh, but well, that will do it for this episode of Clem's Corner. Sorry it's been a while, everyone, but uh, I'll be back soon. Don't worry. Wink for everyone who's watching on Instagram Live. Um, again, make sure you follow A1 Sports Network on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at A1 Sports Network. Uh, give us a follow. We will follow you back if you do, so do that. Uh, subscribe. To all of our podcasts on Apple Spot, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and basically anywhere you can find podcasts, subscribe to them. At Top Hair Pod, best hockey podcast out there. Eric and Nick, two genuine dudes, great guys, hilarious. Go watch the best best hockey podcast I've listened to, and go listen to go listen to Moffat on the Mic podcast on again Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere. Me and Craig, we always great banter back and forth. We get guests every now and again, you know, and again, you can go listen to our past guests. We've had uh, Gordon Damer, Christine Wen, uh, our boys Jake Asman and Ike Feldman. Anytime we've interviewed Jake and Ike, those are the must-hear ones. Jamie D'Amico, he's up there now, too. Again, we got plenty of things, but again, make sure you go subscribe to all of them, follow us, and make sure you subscribe to this uh, podcast as well. At uh, Clem's Corner, anywhere you can find podcasts, that's where I'm at. On behalf of myself and the A1 Sports Network, I'm Chris Clem. I'll see you guys next time and have an A1 day.